G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as you know, we have been following along the developments in Victoria around Victoria's Pandemic Management Bill. And as it so happens, yesterday afternoon, the Victorian Parliament passed the Pandemic Bill And the concern, of course, is that the bill would give the government in Victoria virtually unlimited capacity to restrict movement, ban public gatherings, close businesses or order quarantine requirements. Let's get some insights into what that might mean for those Christian organisations and churches and for all people in Victoria with Terry Kelleher, who's the National Vice President of the Australian Family Association. Terry, welcome back to 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil. Pleasure to be with you, although this is a very worrying development in Victoria. Uh, we've been monitoring this along, Terry. So many people have been so concerned, uh, some saying those record numbers of people who've been protesting on the streets, holding up placards and being there in front of the Victorian Parliament now for weeks and weeks on end and uh, more to come, no doubt. But uh, this has been an outcry from Victorians. Uh, what are your perceptions about what will happen now? Well, it's certainly gone through And it was really rushed. It was into the lower house on the 26th of October. It had to be all done and dusted by 5pm on the 28th of October. So that was the lower house, the House of Reps. It went through, began in the Legislative Council, the debate on the 16th of November, which was the next sitting day after that previous week. And they had a marathon sitting on Tuesday night, went till, I don't know if it was 1 or 3am or something in the morning, um, and then came back on on Thursday afternoon and was passed at about two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon. But look, the point is, it was really uh, pushed. The uh, you know the government was determined that this bill would go through, uh, but it was delayed because those uh, those protests were huge and they got bigger and bigger. You know, it was concern about the overreach. Um, those sorts of powers. Now, look, it wasn't, you know, it's, it's not that the government can just now, you know, declare a state of pandemic. The, the point about it is what it does is give executive power to a premier. The premier can declare a state of pandemic or potential pandemic. And then straight away we're into the health minister then being able to issue directives. And those directives are very concerning. Detention. Um, you know, and what are the rights of someone who's been detained to seek legal advice and to be told why they've been detained? Powers of detention, um, certainly lockdowns um, would certainly uh, affect churches again because churches are very much affected by the, the lockdowns and the restrictions. We'd be thrown into that on the decision of the Premier. Now, there are supposed to be, of course, the Chief health officers to give the reasons, the medical reasons for it, and that has to be then presented to the Parliament. But if that doesn't happen, or it doesn't happen within the, the time that the bill says it should, or the Act says it should, 
it doesn't invalidate the declaration of the state of pandemic so that can continue. This is huge overreach and the main worry is that it doesn't go to the parliament. So, Terry, um, the possibility of uh, what we might call political abuse uh, when you've got all of that power residing in the Premier alone and the Chief Health Officer, that's the danger here. Is this how you might identify the threat to even the democracy in the state of Victoria? Uh, What are your thoughts here? Yes, it certainly is, because... Even though, um, you know, people might say, oh, it won't be used that way, but you look at the actual words of the Act, that's what it allows. It allows the Premier to declare a state of pandemic or potential pandemic, and that can apply whether or not at the time it's declared that disease is present in Victoria. Now, okay, we won't attribute, um, you know, bad intention or bad motives, but why would you have such a power? Why isn't it? that the Parliament has to scrutinise it, which means it's bipartisan. Well, why isn't there a bipartisan commission that will, will actually you know, oversee the declaration of the state of pandemic and then of the orders that, that may be made under it um, by the Minister for Health? You know, especially the detention powers, powers to restrict movement or require movement in a particular, to a particular place, um, and also requiring medical examination or testing of people quarantining, destruction or management of, you know, this, this, these are wide powers. And, I mean, if they're needed because there is a pandemic, that's, that's fine. But why wouldn't the Parliament have to be given the reasons for this and the Parliament would then decide? So that at least you have a bipartisan decision. Well, we do have a, a, a serious issue here because this, there is a state of pandemic or a potential pandemic and it is a serious threat to public health. It should be overseen by the Parliament. That is the main overreach. That is the overreach of this Act. It's very, very worrying. Of course, it's likely there's going to be all sorts of more variants of the COVID virus, Uh, all sorts of different strains that will eventually reach our shores. The Omicron one that people are concerned about now is just the latest example. So if anything like that comes to light at any time, and particularly if it's politically timely, you might assume that those sorts of powers would be used readily by the Premier. Yes. Well, it's actually... Now, that's a worry, isn't it? How many more variants are there going to be? And how much, you know, how, many, how much more restriction can we, um, can we live under? And it means that, too, that, you know, the, the Premier and the government doesn't have to go back to the Parliament to at least discuss well, why, why we need to declare a state of pandemic and introduce these health directives, which are very, very, can be very, very restrictive. Yes, yeah, so, look, the present powers of um, the, uh, state of emergency actually expires on the 15th of December here in Victoria. So that's what it was all about, to get this through. Um, it would then require going back to the Parliament under the present Act, you know, to declare another state if, if it was necessary to continue a state of emergency. But now this will come into operation. So the Premier can just declare a state of pandemic and continue on as we are. Terry, ordinary Victorians love Dan Andrews. Uh, last election returned with a increased majority. Uh, it seems to be that Victorians are quite happy with the way that he is going to be able to assume all these powers. Or is there 
a uprising that's happening with what you might have seen on the streets uh, with all of those mass protests of recent weeks? Well, it is going to be interesting to see how that plays out because they're huge. Those protests are huge. However, we are a year out from the next election. Um, you know, maybe people will have just accepted it by then and we don't know what, um, you know, the situation will be in. And you are right. There are a lot of people who think they've been saved, but the protests have certainly shown there are an awful lot of people who are very, um, you know, who, who are not happy with it and don't think that the restrictions are uh, perhaps as they um, were imposed were necessary. Um, and certainly, you know, are concerned about it continuing on indefinitely. That's the concern, that they'll just simply continue on indefinitely. I assume that when we talk about our democracy and the strength of democracy, you've got checks and balances that are in the system. They're built in so that you can't have the abuse of power uh, that we might be seeing appearing in Victoria. Uh, what are your concerns about those checks and balances not being there? Well, as I said, it means that the Premier is uh, basically has executive powers to declare a state of pandemic and then health directives can be imposed without going to the Parliament. Under the present Act, you go to the Parliament and, you know, you could say, oh, well, he's got the numbers, which is true, but in the Upper House, there were the the crossbenchers, and they had to consider and agree to, and there was quite a lot of um, discussion and negotiation over extending the states of emergency, by the way, and they, you have to go back every three months. It was then changed to allow it to be every six months for a pandemic, not any other state of emergency. So that's what... Can you get the picture? You go to the Parliament. At least people can get up and, and express their view, um, and, and it's bipartisan. Whereas that, that, that's just not going to happen. It's just going to be a declaration by the Premier. Now, the Coalition have, I think, look, the, uh, yes, Andrews was returned, Daniel Andrews was returned with a huge majority in 2018. But I think that maybe it was more the Coalition were not as, as united as the Labor Party. Um, now, the Coalition has uh, promised publicly to repeal this bill or this act, they said that when it was a bill that uh, we'll repeal it if we return to government. That could very well maybe change the balance in the election next year, in 2018, next year in November. And then, of course, as you were saying a little earlier on, uh, when you're talking about abuse of power and uh, you've got power-hungry politicians, uh, even a new government or successive governments may decide to keep those same provisions intact and keep that power for themselves. So there's always a doubt over whether those things truly would be repealed. But uh, it is disturbing, and it does align the state of Victoria uh, with those sorts of states that we see around the world where authoritarianism has risen and where you don't have the same checks and balances that you anticipate you ought to have in a democracy. Uh, let me point people to the website for the Australian Family Association. Terry Kelleher is the National Vice President of the Australian Family Association. You can go to the website of the National Civic Council, ncc.org.au. Terry Kelleher, thank you so much for your insights about what's going on. And you're in the state of Victoria, right in amongst all of the things that are going on. But thank you so much for giving us those insights today on 2020. 
Thank you, Neil, and I hope I'll be able to continue to do so in the future. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.